How are you, Mary Lou? I am good. On this kind of dreary, yes, windy day, that, beer, that little taste of yeah. springtime yes. disappeared. No, the wind <laughs> came up last night, and it rained a bit earlier. Just one of those springy days you don't know what no. it's going to do in the next 10 no. minutes, but we don't care. So we yeah. had a lot of things that were sort yes. of left a little bit in limbo <laughs> last time. You were just about to get on an airplane and head off to That's a sabbatical right. in France. That's right. I'm really, I'm <laughs> really looking forward to hearing about that because I've heard little tiny <laughs> pieces of the famous grandmother and the hotel where you stayed and all sorts of things. So little snippets I've given get, you. Yes. yes. Why don't you get on that airplane and I go? I think we're ready to go. <laughs> yes, we are ready to go. It's been fun to think about it. Well, I talked about the van, of course, that, and, uh, and everybody else see pictures of it soon. Elizabeth had an internet problem, so no pictures went out. But anyway, you'll see the famous blue van. Um, so um, we all flew to uh, Europe and the van was going to be ready in a town in Germany. Now I've forgotten the name of the town, but um, and it's the, the factory where they do the conversions. Yeah. So, so you had to take a train we had to, or something. Yeah, so yeah. we had to head to Europe, but where do we go? How do we do that with the kids and, and how do we uh, work that out? Um, so what we did, and uh, I, I'll have to get more details from Katie about this too, because she remembers as well, is uh, it was decided that we would fly to <laughs> Switzerland where um, Eugene's mother lived. She lived in Lausanne, uh-huh. Switzerland. And she, of course, knew we were coming and was looking forward to um, seeing him and meeting her grandchildren and maybe meeting me. <laughs> Although that was down, that, that wasn't high priority, actually. But she was looking forward to meeting the kids. And uh, so we thought, well, we'll fly to Lausanne. And then, and I don't remember if this was decided before or at the time, I have to ask Katie, but we left Katie with her grandmother while we went to Germany to get the van. Huh. Uh-huh. And, and uh, the grandmother was called Bonne Maman. She, and that was what she wanted to be called. Is that a typical French phrase yes. for a grandmother? For grandma. Yeah. It's like oh, instead of call mère, which would be grandmother, it right. would be more like grandma to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, but mama. And so here, Katie, who's of course 10 years old, we leave, <laughs> we leave her with her, but mama. But they had a fine time and it all worked out beautifully. But she, of course, can give me a few <laughs> uh, special stories about that time, which I don't have right now uh, at my fingertips. But... We left Katie there, and off we went to Germany to get the van with Greg. And uh, so I have to tell a little bit more about Bun Mama so everybody get, understands the stories that will follow, because we did spend time with her both in Switzerland and in Italy and then in Nice. She came to visit us. Um, she, and uh, you'll see a picture of her, and, and I haven't shown Elizabeth yet the picture, but she, um, she was the daughter of a Russian general and a very well-known Russian general. And she was the only daughter. Her name was Anna. 
And she had lived quite a, um, not of the nobility, they weren't of that in Russia, but a fairly high status in Russia was, uh, was their family. Well, when she emigrated to Europe, which the, the Russians, after the revolution, the, everything happened there, she left for Switzerland, where she was just a sort of a poor immigrant. Mm. She didn't take to that role <laughs> very well, because she still thought of herself and was the daughter of a Russian general. And she had a very erect way of carrying herself and you knew right away that she was somebody to <laughs> to be reckoned with now, was she all by herself there? yes she was all by so herself they didn't then. emigrate as a family no no okay. she was all by herself and um, so she had a little tiny apartment in Lausanne. She lived on a widow's pension because her husband, Eugene's father, had died in the war, World War II. And so she lived very simply. She had a little tiny apartment and a widow's pension. And I think the Swiss government um, enabled, you know, when, when people immigrated to Switzerland, they were also helped by the Swiss government. Mm. So she certainly could take care of herself, but she was no longer living in the luxury that she had lived in growing up. And she never really wanted you to forget that. <laughs> that that she had lived that way, and but she was a strikingly a, a beautiful woman. And as I say, my my favorite memory I think is not of her looks even, um, but the way she carried herself. Mm -hmm. And I think of that <clears throat> so often. She she it was her way of saying, "Don't mess with me," because. I am somebody. I mean, that is really was the way she lived. And you did not want to fool with her. Um, and when she taught me how to go to the market, when she came to visit us in Nice, I had to, of course, shop every day for food, as you know, when you're in Europe. I wasn't used to that, of course, at all. And I every morning going to the market and getting something for the day's food, I, uh, and then talking to the... Talking to all the 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 the, the shops, um, I didn't know really how to deal with them and how to get the best fish for the best price. I, you know, as a little American girl, I didn't know anything <laughs> about that. Just went in and got something at the Safeway and took it home. So, um, I was you could of, speak French. Yes, and that helped help. so much. Yes. But she decided, uh, I guess I first mentioned, and I'm jumping ahead a bit, but it doesn't matter, um, that I was really having, I was struggling with this, because you don't just say, I want that. You, you have to ask questions, and then, well, maybe that's better. And then there's a guy in the next, in the next little booth, and he has some too. And I was really quite stymied about it all. <laughs> and uh, expressed that to her. Well, and we were in Italy at the time after we picked up the, the van, and then we did some driving around and some camping, and I told her that that was really hard for me. Well, she said, and that was just what she needed. She said, well, Mary Lou, 
I will teach you. I will go to the Marche with you. And Eugene's said to me later, be prepared because this is not anything you're used to. And, and I said, oh, thank you so much for offering to help me. Well, she said, you just watch me and do what I do. And she would march up to the fishmonger, for example, and you know, say, well, what is fresh today? Of course, it's all in French. And, and he would say, well, and, and he'd show her, well, that doesn't look fresh enough. I want, you know, and then she'd poke the eyeball oh. of the, <laughs> of the, that was one of my favorite memories. She'd say, this is how you can tell if it's fresh, Mary Lou, you, put, you poke the, and I was like, oh my goodness, I was horrified that, that I would have to do that. <laughs> You don't do that at Safeway. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't see eyeballs at Safeway. So. <laughs> but, and then she'd say, for example, chickens, you say, well, we want chicken for tonight. And the guy would say, okay, here's some. And, she, and she'd say, no, that's been sitting out. I want the one under there where you keep the fresh chickens that haven't been sitting out because I'm not paying for those. And they would respond because it was the way she did it. She wasn't exactly rude, but she also was in charge. And they would say, oh, madame, oh. You, and they would dig underneath in a box and come out with this beautiful chicken or whatever it was. And she'd say, yes, now, how much will that be? And then she would always, of course, have to say, well, no, I'm not paying that. And I was just... I was just <laughs> You can imagine, I was partly in awe and partly terrified that I would have to do this. You, you settle for the chicken that was sitting out all day. Yes, just give me that so I can leave. Oh, oh dear. But she did teach me, and I did thank her later. I did tell her that thanks to her, I could go to the market every morning. And she, and then when I appeared without her, <laughs> and in my with my American accent, the all the shopkeepers were really wonderful to me. They really were, and I had several say. You know who was with you when you were here before, mm -hmm. and I'd say my mother-in-law, and they would just sort of, you'd say, "Oh, okay, Madame," and they wouldn't. But then they'd ask you where I was from, and I would tell them, and and they'd always say, "Oh, you speak French so beautifully. Oh, what what can I get you today?" And and they'd dig out from the bottom under the table. They'd dig out something. This is really a nice piece. I think you should get this today. Of course, I never bargain. I would just say how much and you know combien and then I would pay them. I I could only change so much. I couldn't. <laughs> but I learned so much from her and uh, and yet it was it was not <laughs> the the easiest uh, learning experience I guess. She was quite the force of nature. She really was. Well, and then it sounded mm -hmm. like you did your shopping in your own way as well. You yes, I did. I learned my own way, and I would ask them questions about this. And I remember a certain, a certain. Um, oh, Thanksgiving was coming, and I wanted turkey for Thanksgiving. And um, and of course, I'd ask uh, my chicken, 
you know, the vendors and, oh, you, we don't, no, that, that's America. We don't have, no, not, that's changed now, but at that time, said, no, we don't have turkey, but they said, we have a special kind of chicken and it's, you know, been grown in such and such a place and it's, you know, bigger and plumper and they're wonderful chickens. And I said, that's what I'll get for Thanksgiving. Could you, you know, save me one? Because it's American Thanksgiving, and and of course they knew I was in Canada too, but they called me American, of course, which I was, and um, so they saved me this beautiful chicken. And Greg and Katie, I know they still remember. They remember that for years because I said, "Oh, I couldn't get turkey, guys. I'm so sorry." But that was probably the best, most delicious chicken I had ever had in my life. But it was a certain kind, you know. A capon, probably. It was just <clears throat> wonderful. But so she had paved the way for me and sort of taught me. But learning to shop every morning for the food for the day uh, was something, of course, I wasn't used to. And she did, she loved being better at something too, you know, that. So she really loved teaching me that this was something she knew and I didn't know. And she was very happy to do that uh, for me. And, Perfect, yeah. perfect way so for that her was, to help you. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And, and approve yeah. of you because you were now taught by her. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Even though I was just an American girl, <laughs> that I was redeemable in some way. But uh, she never quite was, um, you know, too sure about my, you know, her daughter-in-law being an American. So where are you doing this shopping? Where in Nice. In Nice. Mm -hmm. So she was visiting you. She was nice. visiting in Nice. And you That's lived what, in yes. an apartment? We or? lived in an apartment building called the Palais Regina. And I looked it up the other day because I was thinking about this, and I and there it is still in its glory, and I have a picture out uh, oh, that you good. can send everybody. Um, it now it's it's um, on the website as luxury apartments. Well, I didn't really think of it at that time <laughs> as a luxury apartment, but but it was a luxury building. I mean, it was, and Queen Victoria came to Nice for several um, winters at the turn of the century and because she wanted to get out of England, of course, in the winter. And so it's called Palais Regina after her, and she would go to Nice and she would take over this beautiful palace. And, and the kids particularly liked it because we had um, an apartment on the uh, second floor, they call it first floor, but up some marble stair, it was oh. up a marble staircase. And it was a tiny apartment, as you can imagine, but high ceilings and very, you know, just, just a beautiful apartment, a little balcony and <clears throat> very minimal kitchen, but it's fine. I could do everything I needed to do in it. And, um, little living room and I think two bedrooms and and we managed very well but what was fun about Palaisina is that um, it now is all apartments was then but the first floor was all little shops so there Ooh. was the bakery shop and the butcher oh, shop right, handy. right there 
And the bakery was, of course, the, the main draw. And in the morning, and you know this from being, of course, in Paris, is that the morning you go and get your croissant for breakfast. Yes. And so the kids, they loved it. I never had trouble getting them up for school because their job was to get dressed and go down the marble staircase oh, and they'd great. go to the boulangerie and they'd get our croissant for breakfast. And um, that's a, that's that was very, very fun. So we had our bread and our croissant right there. But then for the other food for the day, I would venture to the marché. And it was just a couple blocks away. And then everybody was out with their meat. And, and you know, the produce, open air market, and <clears throat> you know, vegetables mm -hmm. and the the fish with the eyes that I had to poke. <laughs> and, and did you poke the eyes? No, I never oh. did. Never did do that. I told her, no, I can't do that. Um, but at least I knew how to tell if it was fresh. Because she said, well, if you can't poke it, you look at it. And if it looks glazed over or something, then it's not fresh. It has to, you know, so I said, okay, I think I can do that. Um, but the Palais Regina was a very special place, oh. I think, for all of us. And is that where you spent most yeah, of the time? Yeah, we spent the, yes. We, we, our base was there, <clears throat> and then with our camper, of course, when we had time where the kids were off school, we'd go on little trips. We went, and I can talk more about that. I'll have to look at a map, too. Um, but we had favorite places along the coast and into Italy, and then... Um, uh, and then the other way into Cannes and so we we discovered all of Provence and then Mona and then the other way Italy and Monaco and uh, we take our little camper and, fun. and yeah we saw a lot and that's when we met up with her once with her but mama in Italy where but we stayed in a pension because she of course well we had no room in the camper nor would she have camped anyway <laughs> uh, so we stayed in a pension for a while in the Adriatic and that was really loads of fun and she visited us then um, so we saw her a f you know a few times during the year but um, not we didn't she didn't live with us or anything because no we couldn't have survived that I think <laughs> but <laughs> so I will for sure send you pictures so now you can visualize her yes, yes. so did you yes. have a little refrigerator in your apartment or oh yes a oh, very okay. very very small Tiny little one, yeah yes. one of those little ones yeah. and then a very small cooking range I think yeah. I had two burners and that was it, but that was fine. And that did the enough. Palais look out over yes. the ocean? No, no, no. So it's set back the, in the Simier little... area. I don't know mm. if you know Nice, but it's Simier, which is a, <clears throat> a hill. So it's set back. So on the top of the apartment building, yet you could certainly mm. see see but the water, but not from my English Boulevard. Not, uh, no, not, uh, <laughs> no, no. We we weren't on that. It was the hill, Simier uh, hill. So um, it was very special. I'd like to see it again one day. <laughs> oh, that sounds fabulous. And camping in Europe is a little different, too. So we could talk it about that is. next time because it's not quite like what we were used to, of course, in Banff or, you know. But um, lots of good memories, and I'll send you some pictures. So, mm -hmm. yes. What a great experience. <laughs> it was, it was. And then the kids went to French school, so. But I don't want to take all our time today. I'll go into that maybe next time, and yeah. I'll get a little more input from um, 
We'll see Katie if, if Eugene's that. French lessons took yes. them, yes. them yes. the first that's, day of school. That's right. I have to <laughs> or, get some or, input from them. Why am I doing this? Yeah. See, how did you survive? I know I've heard some <clears throat> stories about, but I'll get a little bit more about their school because I know that Katie has some good stories to tell me. So I'll tell you more about that. Well, and you were going to talk a little bit more about Maine. Well, or, yes, because oh, Maine was no, such a big just, part yes. of our summers. It just it was just the little thread that connected lots of the summers. And last time I talked about how we, when the girls were the youngest, we we were kind of farm based and took little little side trips. And one of the things we loved doing was going up to Camden, which is a little farther up the coast. And it's the place where all the big tall ships have a home base. The, those schooners that you can oh, can charter so to take you out, and you have an experience of sailing on a tall ship. And we we loved going to Camden, looking at the all the huge mansions of the old sea captains and their little widow's walk that looked out over the sea, and and the chandleries and the just. Everything about Camden was very enticing to all of us. And in the process of that, especially the two guys, Roland and Donald. The troublemakers. Began, yes, the troublemakers <laughs> began to dream of boats. And the second time we went out to Maine, I think, is when we got our first little boat. Not just any boat. We got a Friendship Sloop, which is an old, old design of the lobsterman and it's a boat that is very it's got a wide bottom and a very and a big sail and it's very steady so a lobsterman could single-handedly sail it pull it into the wind draw up the lobster trap empty it re rebait it throw it over the side before anything happened with the sails flapping around he could then pull in the sail and off he went to the next trap and so it was a it was a design of boat that was very um, stable, and it also was very traditional. The the current fishermen, lobstermen, in their motorboats loved seeing friendship sloops. <clears throat> so it became kind of a goal to find a friendship sloop to buy, and sure enough, they located one a little north of Boston. And so we all went down there to sail it home. And it was a, quite a tiny little boat. I don't remember how long it was, but it was the smallest Friendship Sloop we owned. And, and we were, though both Donald and Roland were sailors, they weren't Maine Coast sailors. And um, for some reason, these smart men decided that they could do this sailing on the drowned coast of Maine without a true chart that showed where all the shoals oh, and rocks oh. and mud flats and reefs and, and, and tide tables. All we, we may do with oh, what they sell in the gift shops, which are little placemats with a little tiny little <laughs> reduced version of, of a chart that shows you know, a few of the lines of where it's deep and where it's not so deep. But the whole coast of Maine fits on one little placemat. So we, here, here. we, we tr entrusted our little family to this little boat <laughs> and the placemat. 
And we, for some reason, we were protected by whatever heavenly forces there were. We did not run up on a reef. <clears throat> we didn't get stuck in the mud flats anywhere until we finally got to the little place we were going to stay at night. And we could see that you had to go in a little bit of a tidal river to the harbor. And we went in where we thought was the deepest part, but turned out it was not enough water in the little tidal river at that point. So we, of course, ran up on a mudflat, and we needed to get farther in to be able to get a berth in the little port. <clears throat> so we spent quite a while creeping up to the front of the boat and then running to the back <laughs> to dislodge it from the mudflat. We finally accomplished that. And we got, we got there, and we got settled for the night, and the next day we managed to sail into Round Pond, Maine, where we, where we put the boat in. And this was not a boat you could go cruising on, but we could go day sailing on it, and we just had a wonderful time. <clears throat> it was the first boat we bought, and we named it Amos Swan. The, Roland loved the idea that we would choose a name for the boat that was an old-fashioned New England name. And those were usually biblical and, um, and unusual. So our first boat was Amos Swan, and she was proudly moored and out on a little buoy out in Round Pond, Maine, which wasn't too far from us, where we had the farm and near Namaraskata. And it was just, it was the start of so many sailing adventures. We didn't have that boat very long because we moved up. Uh, uh, kept, we kept yes, getting it, a little uh, bigger and a little bigger, uh -huh. but that was our very first boat. The second boat we got was quite a bit larger, not, not quite as, as well um, sort of restored because these are all they weren't making new friendship sloops oh, all the friendship sloops were quite old, old. and <laughs> some of them had been very carefully restored others were just patched together mm -hmm. this second boat <clears throat> which we got after maybe a year or two of sailing on amos was bigger and the the men wanted to race because every year there is a gathering of all the friendship sloops from the coast and they have a race and this particular boat was a racer. It had clean lines and it was it it could carry a lot of sail and we had high hopes for winning the friendship sloop race. Not that that had anything, you know. There was it was just the competitive nature of the two guys was was fueled by this boat was called Moses Swan. And the only flaw in Moses was that when you really got, a, got her going in, the, in a strong wind, then it opened up a seam in the bottom of the boat, uh -oh. <clears throat> which let quite a lot of water in as you were cruising along at a high speed. So you not only had to have people up with all the sail management and, and steering the boat, you had to have somebody really strong down below operating the pump to keep the water levels within reason. Oh. So we cut quite a figure as we 
tore around. Now, who the had to be down below that? How one was that the, one decided? Of the, one of the men, because oh, okay. it was it oh. was very hard work. Oh, okay. And I'm glad you weren't down there. No, yeah. no, I was not down. <laughs> Good. It doesn't sound I, like I, that. I think would I be. was on a jib rope. Yes. Good. But that that boat gave us also a lot of good times, and and we you know we'd take little trips up the coast, and we didn't try to sleep on it because it wasn't mm-hmm. that kind of boat. Mm-hmm. And for all of you, and, anyway. And by and then, then the, we had one more oh, member yeah. of our family because Joanna was born, so she was on board oh, yeah. as a baby. Oh, yes. She was just, the Barth children were exactly 10 years younger than our children. So we just, the, our girls had a wonderful time being kind of aunties to the oh, two the little girls. Little it just ones. was, it was wonderful. The little girls loved it. The big girls loved it. They were, they brought And the moms it. loved it. And the because moms loved you, it. you and <clears throat> I, uh, what, Beth. Uh, Beth didn't have to worry about the little ones no, at all. Because so you could the, find them right behind the big ones. So <laughs> that was great for you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, it was it was a wonderful arrangement. Now, in the winter, are boats just, do they stay more? No, no. because um, some of the areas freeze. Oh, okay. So they'd have to be so hauled So they're, they're hauled. They're, oh. we, we sailed up a real little bit of a oh. river where there was a haul out place where yep. they okay before put you them left. up on big um, oh sure i've seen those yeah stanchions that would yeah. hold them up above everything yeah oh good so you do that before after you labor day you take them up there <clears throat> and memorial day you bring them back get out. them out yeah yes so next time oh, we'll probably we, talk wanna... about some adventures on the yes. sea with our last boat which oh, was yes. quite a wonderful I want to hear more sailing adventures. Yes. Next time, and then more niece adventures for us. Okay. We're all having adventures. We're all having adventures. (laughs) Good. Can't wait. All right. We'll send along some pictures and talk to you next week. Bye.